Hey, Northwest Arkansas, welcome back to another episode of Hey, Hey, NWA. If you haven't had the chance yet to go check out the blog uh, that our friend Elise Quattlebaum does, you should go check it out. You can find that at heyheynwa.com forward slash blog. Uh, but for today, we're, uh, we're talking to uh, some people over at the Bentonville Brewing Company. Peyton, who exactly was that? Who we get to sit down and talk to? It's a pretty cool group. Um, so we got to talk to Lee, who's one of the founders of the brewery. Um, and then we talked to Katie, who is, um, how did she say? She's she's a general manager. She is the general manager. So she just generally manages things. <laughs> um, and also she's, um, she does some marketing. Well, and we also got to talk to Bo, who is one of the brewers there. And he's just a wealth of knowledge about just brewing beer. I learned so much through this yeah. interview from him. Yeah. I don't know about you. Got to pick his brain about why exactly they brew the way they do or how they brew and even the beer we sat down and drank uh yeah he got to talk to us about what exactly that was and what the process was yeah love that so with that guys enjoy the interview welcome to hey hey unvua and this week we're here with bentonville brewing company so we have katie lee and Bo. um if you guys want to just go around and introduce what you do at bentonville brewing company real fast that'd be great I guess I'll start. My Lee Robinson. I am um, actually I'm a managing partner. I don't work in the daily operations, but I'm kind of the ten thousand foot view mm-hmm. of where we're going to get, where we want to go, and how we want to get there. And then Bo and Katie make it happen. Yes, I'm Katie, and I am the general manager because I generally just manage everything else. <laughs> um, less of the tap room, more outside events, overseeing sales helping Lee with what he needs help with, and a little bit of everything else. I'm Bo, and I brew the beer. Nice. (laughs) Well, thanks for introducing yourselves. Um, So could you guys give us like a little, I guess, a history or a timeline of Bentonville Brewing Company? When when did it start? When was it just an idea? How did it actually materialize? Okay. It probably started around October 2000. I think 15. Mm-hmm. That's when we actually incorporated, started doing the paperwork. Uh, it was me. The cl- this is a classic, I think, brewery story. It's me and a friend of mine. It's 14, his- wasn't it? Was it 14? Yeah, I think 14. Okay. Anyway, uh, probably was 2014 because I don't think we opened when we opened April 2015. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It may actually have been 2013 then. <laughs> 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 uh, Long time ago. Timeline. I should, yeah, I should have written down the timelines. <laughs> yeah, time flies. And then we've been open a little over a year and a half, actually, to the public. Mm-hmm. And so it's really fun. By, but it was a, over a year and a half and probably planning before that. Mm-hmm. And it was the classic, me and a buddy of mine brewing beer, actually, in his carport garage and developing recipes and decided, hey, we want to open a brewery. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, let's call it Bitville Brewing Company. I'm kind of like, uh, okay, we'll do that. You really want to do that? We'll do it. <laughs> um so it's we we head down the road as uh, we're going to open a brewery, Bentonville Brewing Company, and start looking around. First of all, to start the licensing process, you have to have a location, mm-hmm. and we start looking for space. And I'm like, huh, 
might not be possible because we need we're going to need to pay for space for six to twelve months before we're actually even open to the public. Right. And so finding something affordable was gonna, was difficult. We did find something. We jumped on it, and then we started during that process. Uh, Bo and Katie, I've known Bo for since uh, we were kids. I was real good friends with his older brother growing up, and uh, Bo had recently gotten married, and I'd been out to their wedding out in Rockford, Illinois, and so I mm-hmm. met Katie, and I knew Bo, and he was wanting to get closer to family. They were living out in Fort Collins, Colorado, so I called Bo up and said, hey, do you want to come brew some beer? Because I knew he was a very avid home brewer. Like, he'd probably brew about 20 home brew batches, maybe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's more, like, more cider. More cider. So I was like, but he, Bo's a really smart guy, and he was really smart, so I'm like, hey, it's not rocket science. We'll help you. You know, we'll we'll get it figured out. And uh, so he came out, visited a couple of times, and Katie came out. Then I went out to Fort Collins and uh, hung out with them for a little bit. Then we decided we could make it work. And mm-hmm. then after that, I came back to Northwest Arkansas. We needed money and financing, and so we brought on some other partners to help us get up and going. And uh, it's been pretty good since. Uh, we've you know we're making a little bit of money uh, enough to pay the bills and keep. Uh, the bill collectors away. So. <laughs> that's that's really the dream. Yeah, just breaking even. So, so so far so good. Uh, we're, yeah, we'll get to a little bit more about what our future plans and things are here in a minute. But awesome. Katie and Bo might tell you a little bit about how it's been for them the yeah. startup. And... Oh, it's been it's been really fun. It was very strange for me, and I probably speak for both of us when. Like Lee said, we moved from Fort Collins, Colorado. If you've ever been there, there's a few breweries, probably like 17 in that town. (laughs) (laughs) And craft beer has been um, a big part of the community culture just a lot longer. It's a lot more along the lines of Oregon and where um, it's just... It, the the average beer drinker is drinking an IPA. They're not drinking a Bud Light. Um, right. So that was interesting to come from a place like that to a place that just recently stopped being a dry county. Mm-hmm. So I've been learning a lot about the differences um, just in the scene. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited to have met the other brewers and the other owners of breweries in the area. Cause I think we all see where this could go by looking at places like Colorado and mm-hmm. we know and are excited to grow in that direction where it's not a drinking culture so much as like going to the, it's not a bar that you're going to, you're going to these places and meeting people and tasting different things and, you know, having a good time with friends and family. It's not, a bar so right. uh, I'm just really excited about that and to show this area what that's like Bo to get you to talk a little bit you said you're gluten intolerant mm-hmm. right yeah. so how did you even get into brewing what made you remotely interested if you couldn't even well, drink it without side effects well I didn't really know that I had a problem with gluten until here recently but okay I originally started brewing because as she said, we were living in Colorado where there's all this great beer. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, went from living in Mississippi where I liked the Bud Light to liking this extremely expensive beer all of a sudden. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I was starting to go broke. So I, I figured I need to figure out how to make this stuff myself before I'm, I'm on the streets. So. so, but you were doing cider before that? Is that right? Or what was the... Yeah, I eventually... Uh, well, I, I did a couple of, um, you know, uh, 
bought the kit and brewed the beer, you know, mm-hmm. first, and then, then you know, realized I really enjoyed cider, and it made me feel less sick because of the gluten. And, right. Um, mm-hmm. So I did a, did a lot of that, and um, yeah, and then brewed some all grain batches, and really enjoyed the whole science behind the brewing process and everything. So. Do you have a preference between brewing beer and brewing cider? Like, is there what's the difference in process and is there something about one or the other that's more fascinating oh um, i mean uh, i like i like brewing beer because there's a lot more variables to brewing beer okay. you, you, the sky's the limits with the the different styles and different flavors that you can get from beer ingredients it's just it's crazy and there's you know there's no wrong way to brew a beer well you know the wrong way is to make it taste bad and that's right <laughs> yeah so um and so I like I like that 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 the the science behind making beer is is so open still you know it's one of the oldest sciences in the world but mm-hmm. it's still one of the most incomplete sciences as well. Hmm. So kind of going back to choosing Bentonville of all the places, and so so you said. Uh, that you know you're going to be Bentonville Brewing Company, yep. and you wanted to put down your roots in Bentonville. Yep. So, I guess why, <laughs> um, especially Bentonville, out of all the places in Northwest Arkansas, why specifically Bentonville? I think we believed it was a good time for Bentonville. There was one other brewery already opening up about the time I think they opened probably six months. Black Rag Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. We were the second brewery in Bentonville. And we thought with everything that was going on in Bentonville with uh, a lot of you businesses opening up that it was primed to have another brewery open. And we think we were right. We think it was a great decision that we did. Mm-hmm. And it's been a big, huge part of our success is being involved and being part of the community of Bentonville. Being a community brewery is really what I, our, part of our identity. What do you mean by community brewery? Could you like expound on that a little bit? Well, we want to feel like the people in the community are involved and we're part of what anything going on in the community. We participate in a lot of nonprofits, events, anything that's got Bentonville on it, we're trying to be involved if they want us involved. Mm-hmm. Whether it's donating beer, donating our time. Uh, we have a local Rotary Club that meets in the tap room. We have mm-hmm. the local Home Brewers Association. Uh, group that meets once a month in the tap room. So we have a lot of community events. So we really feel like we're an you know, extension of people's living room uh, hmm. where they can go have a pint, hang out with friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great phrase. Like an extension of somebody's living room. It's, I think that it's one of the, there's a lot of really great places in Bentonville that you can go. And I think we are one of those places that you don't have to, there's no special occasion for it. You could be sitting next to somebody in a suit on your right and someone like in their sweaty bike clothes on your left that just got off the trail. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's comfortable. And yeah, it's like just very, very friendly family atmosphere. Is that what you really aimed for the culture to be whenever you initially started the brewery or is this something that you just kind of stumbled upon? Just this family atmosphere, this kind of, you know, come however you're dressed. <laughs> I think a, a little bit of it was initial. Some of it we grew into, mm-hmm. but I mean, we really wanted to have an open place in the beginning. Um, and really part of, you know, one of our original DNA focuses is was bringing craft beer to the, <clears throat> to the light lager drinkers. Uh, that was, <laughs> that's another part of it, the back of the identity. We're real happy when we, 
Uh, we even have a partner that did not like IPAs when we started. He loves IPA now. He's, <laughs> he's drinking the double IPA. <laughs> yeah, so, it's coffee. IPA. So we, we like to see the people that also, whether it's wine drinkers um, or light lager drinkers that are you know making that move over to the craft beer because, like Bo said earlier, there's just so much you can do with beer. There's a beer out there for everybody. Now, there's people say, oh, I don't like beer, but I promise you, you probably can find one you like somewhere. If you like to you know, partake any type of alcoholic beverage, there is a beer for you somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a big part of going forward, too, is you know, bringing those different beers to the community and finding out what fits our newest beer right now that we have out that's, uh, is a Kolsch, and it's becoming quickly one of our best-selling beers for especially our outside accounts that have it. Okay. I have no idea what a Kolsch is. We brought some. You brought some? Yeah. yeah. Did you, you really? Try some? I'll go grab it real fast. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, but what's Kolsch? What's a Kolsch? Well, it's, uh, it's originates from uh, Cologne, Germany. I might be saying Cologne wrong, but uh, it's a it's an old style of beer, and it's it is an ale. It uses a top fermenting yeast, ale yeast, but it tastes a lot like a a lager. Okay. Um, I like it better than most lagers, but um, it's you know it's real clean and crisp and light on flavor and um, and a lot of your you know a lot of your um, Budweiser drinkers and stuff are really taken to it a lot. Really, really, is it because it's light because they're used to something a little bit? Yeah, it's just so similar to a, a lager and a filter. Gotcha. It's good deal. There's a, a lot of people that uh, want to drink local that. Um, don't quite have the palate yet, and I think it takes it does take a little bit. It's an acquired taste for some of the beers. Just, I think beer in general, probably the first time somebody had a Budweiser, wasn't like, oh, this is the best thing I ever had. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. So, uh, you know, those things, um, it's things you kind of evolve into, I think, beer. Is, it's, well, it's for me, but definitely. Because I, I think I, I also came along in a time where beer was evolving into the craft beer thing when, you know, New Belgium was actually fairly new and Sierra Nevada and Boston uh, beer company, those things were starting up and get, getting getting going and bringing some different things to the marketplace here that we could have besides uh, uh, from Europe. There was, you know, at that time, you know, mm-hmm. there, I think America's now has got to be seen as one of the best places beers made, but, you know, Germany, European countries were much more known for good beer into, here in the last probably 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. The five of us are kind of proponents of like invest in what is what where you are invest in the dirt you're standing on um whether that's business or whether that's food or culture or whatever that is so you talk about drinking locally and even supporting the local uh, craft brewing scene here as far as like the people who are brewing it in their garages are you seeing what are you seeing from that community as far as development does it look like there's people doing really neat things there? Like, what is your read of the Northwest Arkansas craft brewing scene from your perspective? I think people are doing some great things, and I think it's going to continue to expand. And I think that's just a beer in general. Like I said, our palates here, from the craft beer lovers to the non-craft beer lovers, are growing. And I think you'll see the varieties and options and even number of breweries grow. Uh, I think there's a lot of support, especially in the craft beer world and even the non-craft beer world. There's people that want to do, have local products, and they want to go to local businesses and uh, spend their time hanging out and visiting with their friends. We really, um, I think the craft beer is a lot more like a coffee, you know, culture community, like a coffee mm-hmm. shop, uh, more than a bar type of deal. So, but you know, our customers, you know, we stay in kind of late, but a lot of we have, you know, our early afternoon 
Saturday, Sunday afternoon, people, the biking community, you know, after riding for uh, 20 miles on their bike or 30 miles, however far they went, they love to stop in and have a pint or two on their way home. So the, I think, so you've got your craft beer lovers, you've got the, your people that are more out exercising, having a good time, and your, even your local families around the brewery that come in. We have games for kids. We usually have some uh, root beer something around or some popsicles. So we uh, get support from a little bit everywhere in the community. Cool. Good deal. Good deal. Well, and that's something that I've actually noticed on your Facebook page. You guys post like local stuff that's not yours all the time. You seem very proud to be in Bentonville and in Northwest Arkansas. And I think that's really admirable, especially local business helping local business and local initiatives in general. So I think that's very admirable and that's awesome of you guys. Thank you. I'm glad you noticed that. It's something that, I mean, we work really hard. I think all of us, um, ever, like we're a really small company mm-hmm. besides the three people sitting here, we've got, you know, four other employees. Wow. And so everyone has a hand in some of the social media stuff. And mm-hmm. I think we're all really proud to be in Bentonville and just this community in particular, more so than other places that I've lived. seems like the community is invested in each other too. People mm. are really excited about the new place opening up or I almost describe it as like a really big small town Yeah, mm. because Absolutely. everyone knows everyone else and sitting in the tap room, you can hear, you can find out about what's going on in the town pretty quickly. Work, <laughs> work behind the bar for a week and <laughs> you'll know business owners, who's working where, what's going on with this company, the newest thing will Walton Foundation is planning on doing. Where's the next new bike trail going to be put up? (laughs) It's, it's almost like instead of having like a bad undertone of gossip, it's like, did you hear what's going in at the old Tyson plant? Or we know what Crystal Bridges (laughs) is planning on doing with this old building. So it's really, it's really kind of neat because everyone else cares so much about it. Mm -hmm. So it's you know something that we put out there too because we care as well. So. I'm actually drinking uh, the Homewrecker right now. Um, mm-hmm. Well, in addition to the culture right now, because we talked about it and you guys were kind enough to bring some in. Um, so could you kind of describe um, maybe some of your uh, some of your more popular beers, the ones that, um, I guess, you guys love to talk about? <laughs> Especially cool. as a brewer, I'd love to hear your perspective. <laughs> well, the Homewrecker is definitely our uh, best-selling beer uh, by quite a long shot, but... You know, and that's kind of, the IPA is kind of America's favorite beer right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it might be worldwide, but everybody seems to love IPAs right now, which is great because I love them too. It's a kind of a sweeter IPA, mm-hmm. so it's not, definitely not West Coast style. And it's a, it's got a nice ABV to it, 7.5. That's a nice ABV. And it got its, <laughs> got its name, honestly. So that's, <laughs> that's a, a story in itself. I was about to say, how how do you name the beers? And okay, specifically talk about the home record. Now that you've alluded to it, gotta hear the story. <laughs> I guess there's a couple unstable marriages and and some some of our nice waiting staff, and uh, that didn't do anything wrong, but uh, that just led to uh, confusion. So, yeah. so about delivering um, growlers to hotel room. That's not a service we provide. No. Oh, okay. Well, it came from a bad Yelp review, and the lady's dame that posted it said basically, her it was wrecked home, and she said, "Don't let your husbands go to Bentonville Brewing Company there because the girls that work there have no 
appreciation for the sanctity of marriage. And so, oh, yeah, oh, I thought it was a great wow. review, but uh, Katie had it taken down. Most of us are married and are very appreciative of it. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> one of our taproom attendees is a something teaches you know, at our church, is very involved. Mm. So, she was really not happy about that being out there. She's like, I, you know, <laughs> so yeah, we're all involved in the community, but we had we had fun with it, and I think we have fun with all our names. We've got the Naked Porter, which is a beer we did. It's uh, because really nobody was distributing a porter at the time. There were a lot of people just distributing a stout locally, so we decided to go with a porter. And it was really a great decision in the beginning because when you go out with an IPA trying to sell that, well, they've got four other IPAs on tap. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't need another IPA right now, but I don't have a porter. I'll take that. And so it actually opened a lot of doors for us. But we called it the Naked Porter, which before we distributed it out of the state, we'll probably have to change. We called it that because it, there were so many like chocolate peanut butter porters and vanilla. Yeah, vanillas. Mm-hmm. It, so we're just like, this is just a basic, plain porter. We think it's a really good beer. We probably the style is one of our best beers that we have. It's yeah. not dressed up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we we were also the uh, decided we wanted to learn how to brew the basic beers first before we got too crazy mm-hmm. and start like now we have a chocolate milk stout. But you know we need to learn to start out brewing just some basic beers, core beers. Yeah. And then we can get a little crazy with it. Is uh, How do you do research for something like that? Whether that's like, we want to put a spin on something we already know how to do, or if it's, you know, the Kolsch, we're just bringing this in. Where's the, what kind of research do you do? Or is there research? Just, just some test batch stuff. And, and then, mm-hmm. you know, of course, going and drinking that style of beer. I mean, before, before I got involved with the brewery, pretty much the only thing I'd been brewing is just the stuff that I drank at the time, which is... Pellels and IPAs. Mm-hmm. So um, when I knew that this was happening, I, you know, I think I crammed in twenty brew sessions in in two months. You know, in my home brew system, mm-hmm. little five gallons at a time. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where it starts. You know, like Lee will be like, "Hey, I think let's let's try making this," and so I'll just drink some and and uh, test batch it and kind of play it by ear. Mm-hmm. Or tongue, mm-hmm. however you want to play it, right? Yeah. Well, there's some there's some basic style guidelines that you can go by, and some beers that are regional. Um, you know, it basically starts with a water profile, right? Some of the some beers will have a higher mineral content or mm-hmm. not um, traditionally, and you can try to recreate that in the in your brewery um, by filtering everything out and then adding minerals back mm-hmm. in. Oh, wow. um, I mean, just even just the base water that you start with is something that you need to play around with. Really? So I think that it, he's a lot more science minded than I am. So he can think about that kind of stuff. I think we're most of the time I'm just, I want to say on. Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and eventually... We have a saison, so... That's awesome. I didn't even think water, like the water you start with plays into that. Oh, definitely. So, I mean, that's really what can make or break a beer is is the water. Uh, A lot of people, I think, forget that. But, um, you know, your water can control how how malty the beer is. You know, um, you can make it lean more malty or make it lean more hoppy and... You know, or you can be right in the middle and be balanced, as well as the pH of the water. You know, like it kind of give you a um, 
more sour beer, not not sour not like you sour think of beer, a sour right. beer, right. but more you know, it, it's, it's still kind of a flavor with that base pH, and then you know how much, uh, like your dark malts, how how much of that kind of roasty flavor you're bringing over. Gotcha. Um, so there's a lot lot that can be done with just the just the water profile. Fascinating. Yeah, like uh, this the Goza style. Um, which is a sour German beer. Um, it gets its saltiness from, tr- uh, well, traditionally, it gets its saltiness from the water because the town where it originated, um, there was a bunch of salt mines. So just the base water mm. they were using to make their beer tasted salty. So gotcha. the ending product was a salty sour beer. Wow. Which we don't actually put the salt in until a little later, but yeah. But that is. That's originally. how it started. Right, right. Interesting. History lesson. History lesson. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of just the flavor of sour, you guys have had a, a sour on tap um, fairly recently, right? Was it, what flavor was it? I forget. Cherry? It was a cherry goza. So we've heard that brewing sours is fairly difficult and also can take over your brewery. Can you tell us a little bit why well, on that? Well, this is the easiest method you know, Berliner Weiss and, and Gozas are, are um, kettle sours well you can do a, mash, or a sour mash or a kettle sour but um, the way the reason it doesn't have all those issues like contaminating your whole brew house is because you wait until you have all that wort sucked out of your mash time um, into the kettle your boil kettle where you're going to boil it and that's where you know you inoculate it and you let it let it sour in there then after it sours for a little while and you reach the right ph that you won't you bring it to a boil and it kills all that bacteria that that, hmm. that would uh, uh be really bad if it got up in your hoses or your pumps and all those hidden places that are right. on a lot of the other equipment um so it's it's a different type of sour compared to you know your lambics and and uh, a lot of your barrel aged sours and stuff like that so some people call it cheating, but <laughs> it's, it produces a good end product, and that's all that matters. Let's say it sells, and people like it. <laughs> so, which we would like eventually to, you know, get a a, a more um, I guess difficult sour program going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but we just don't don't have the the equipment to designate just for those uh, types of beers, or really the space at the moment. But maybe phase three. Yeah, but to just have a sour on the menu at all is kind of... Is it rare for this area, though, too? I haven't seen a sour on any... Yeah, you, you don't see too many. I think um, Ozarks had a Berliner Weiss and... Mm-hmm. Not sure. Fossil Cove, Fossil Cove had a couple. Yeah, they had a Black Goza and maybe... They've had, they've had one or two, at least. Yeah. So it's They're not extremely common, but they're, you know... This area in the sour too is a love hate thing. People either really like it or they go, "Oh, that's the worst thing I've ever had." Right, <laughs> right. I actually prefer when they don't like it because the faces they make, is, <laughs> just, you know, makes it worth every bit of it. Yeah. Hey, but like you said, there's a beer for everyone, so mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's not their beer. It's you know, maybe something else. So, which I thought was neat uh, with that cherry sour. There's a lot of people that come in that drink wine and they say there's no, they'll never find a beer that they like. It ends up being the cherry sour that they're like, I can't believe this is a beer. Yeah. 
Yeah, it has a really different taste to it, for mm -hmm. sure. So. so, kind of shifting gears more to the future. So, what are what are your plans for 2017? Um, what are your plans just for the future of the brewery in general? And, I don't know, what's up, what's up your sleeves? I guess I'll, I'll start with this one. Um, we're actually uh, looking to expand and build another location right now. We've uh, identified some land. We're in the process of trying to purchase. And... <clears throat> Uh, hopefully the next month or so we'll be putting everything through the city planning commission for the new building and location and if we're lucky hopefully create it'll be finished sometime late 2017 and we'll uh, be moving that's the goal we're, we want to be us we're looking at probably a 20 barrel system somewhere between six to ten thousand barrels a year what we'll be doing out of the next phase that we're going into um, I think right now, we, I mean, our goals and aspirations are to be a small regional brewery. Uh, alcohol or beer has become a very regional flavor. I think when people travel and go places, they want to drink what's local. Mm -hmm. I think the days of your New Belgiums and Stones and Sierra Nevadas and Boston Beer Companies are probably few and far between. Mm -hmm. uh, to be that big and you know have a national footprint, you might could get a beer to go you know with one or two, but to be consistently a national another craft brand i mean there's a, a lot of stuff out there and i think people are really going to regional beer so and i think it's going to be doing new things i know with me and I, there was a study done by the nielsen institute as far as craft beer drinkers going in the store 70 percent of them don't know what they're going to buy when they get there so they're not deciding and making that purchase decision till they're actually at the store hmm. and for me it's looking for a new beer that i've never had for preferably from a brewery i know but sometimes even a brewery i don't know anything about especially if the brewery has a good reputation then mm -hmm. i'm going to try out you know, certain types. And a lot of IPAs right now, I'm also Imperial Stouts. I like to try those out a lot. Those are two of my favorite things at the moment. To, uh, But it's, you know, <clears throat> I don't buy a whole lot of beer at the store either. But you know, when I do <laughs> go to the store, uh, that's what I'm looking for. But it's always typically something new and something I've never had before. So I think that's another big part of being a small regional brewery. You can build, you can make small batches of beer. You don't have to go make 100 barrels of beer to try out your new thing and see if it works. So, We'll be able to continually make small one-off batches of beer that are really good beers. And, you know, occasionally if they're really good, we'll make it again. But mm -hmm. um, I think you've noticed in the tap room now, we just have, you know, kind of seasonal beers and one-off. We can't make, I think we have eight taps. We don't have the capacity right now with the 80-some-odd accounts we have to make eight, eight beers all the time and have them the same beer there all the time. But I think that's also not what everybody wants. They want to come in and see new things and try new things. And we have to have a few staples so that people have something to fall back on if we don't have anything that's a seasonal beer that they're really into. I think that keeps people coming back. I think that's going to be success from a small uh, regional distribution. We'll have a few of our core beers, and then we'll have continually rotate in and out some really good seasonal beers. And they may not be back the following year. It may be a completely different thing. We may bring it back three years later, even though it sold and did very well. I think it's going to be very important to just always keep doing something different. Mm -hmm. It keeps it fun for us too when we get to come up with new beers. Yeah. Especially Bud, he has to, he has to make it. <laughs> making the same beer over and over is really. I mean, it might sound fun for these two, but Bo, is it is it is it fun for you just I, to make sure? Yeah, I mean, it gets it gets old. I like I like to do new things all the time. Mm -hmm. Doing the same. Uh, it's not that bad. I can't complain. <laughs> I could be roofing in Mississippi. <laughs> just drinking not that not that good beer yeah, yeah. Mississippi <laughs> drinking Budweiser working on a roof so <laughs> yeah. and we will uh, when we do the expansion we'll have a, a 
we'll start canning as well. So that'll be awesome. Yeah. That'll be sweet. Yeah. I'll have some of that in my fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Float on the river with it. Yeah. yeah good stuff. Yeah. So versatile. Yeah, we decided to go cans instead of bottles. Just really. Yeah. Hmm. I listened to something recently talking about how cans are just so much better for beer. You know, out of a can rather than a bottle with yeah. wet light leakage or that's that's true. And that's not necessarily from the average beer drinker the perception. But it's becoming for the craft beer drinker. They know it's a, a better product. There's a the white cans are made now are better. There's a good liner. You're not going to get an aluminum metallic taste right. that some people think that they may be getting from a can. I rarely ever drink if I'm a, unless I'm on a river or out camping or hiking or something, which I don't drink beer while I'm hiking typically. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you, know, you pitch the tents yeah, and then you're good. Yeah. <laughs> I pour it in, in a glass. I drink it out of a pint glass. I mm-hmm. think beer to me is made to be drank out of or like, kind of like a good wine. If I want a good beer, whether it's in a bottle or a can, I want to pour it out and kind of let it breathe a little bit. And mm-hmm. I, I think it, it affects the flavor and how it tastes. So, um, so the delivery device that's actually brought to the store to your home end to me should be irrelevant, you know, whether it's a bottle or a can, but you, what you want to keep out the things you mentioned a second ago is air and light, and a can's going to keep that out. Mm. It's also a little bit more sustainable, uh, so it's better from an environmental standpoint. It's also better from our standpoint of uh, it's a little bit more profitable than bottles, and it's uh, easier to ship and yeah. package, uh, less breakage, right. things like that. Yeah. I had no idea. That's going to completely change my perspective when I'm one of the 70 for some people that walks into a, a store not knowing what I'm getting. That's yeah. so important. I even listened to a study, and I heard it on the Brewing Podcast, but I listened to it in my <laughs> spare time, um, They that even just a bottle of beer sitting in a cooler at the bar that you go to with the fluorescent lights in it, it can affect the taste of the beer over time. Because it's skunky taste. You yeah, get the skunky not, beers, that's light. Yeah, gotcha. whether or not it's an amber bottle or a green bottle or a clear bottle, that's why a lot of bottles are amber is because it helps keep out UV rays. But mm. if it's sitting in a cooler under a fluorescent light, it's still going to be damaged. So you're always going to have a better quality product as a customer if you get it right out of a keg or out of a can. And especially if you go to your local brewery. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little plug for, I don't know, Bentonville Brewing Company. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll let the brewers. listeners decide that. It's, it's fine. <laughs> One kind of last fun question. Um, so there's an RC Cola machine <laughs> in your brewery, and I heard that as a story. Just where did that come from? Whose baby is it? Because I know it's somebody's baby. I'd love to hear the background behind this. I don't know if there's a, a great background. I've had it for years. My father got it from somewhere. I don't really know. It's been, was my beer um, cooler for a long time. Mm. So that's really... The story behind it, I actually had it, I'd moved and have a place to put it for my new house. So it was kind of sitting in the garage. We opened up and we're like, hey, we need some, put drinks in. So we brought it in and set it up. But yeah, that's, that's about it. We're still yeah. working on those pinball machines. He's got some yeah. Yeah. Do you have, machines. Oh man. This, the RC Cola <laughs> is, is supposed to be a, is a gateway because he's got a lot of really cool collectibles and we're working on the pinball <clears throat> machines. And I imagine as a general manager, like having some really neat stuff in the space while you're in there. It's like, man, a pinball machine is a great addition to a tap room. I can spend so long playing pinball too. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, I think that it would be awesome. There's not a lot of space there right now, but maybe at the new place. Maybe, but those things, they're, they're old and they you know, break down a lot. So that would be, 
<clears throat> a part-time job for me to stand there and keep them working. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the our the RC Cola machine also used to have RC Cola in it until it became a lot harder to find it. Mm-hmm. The Walmart close to us used to carry it, mm-hmm. and then they stopped. And then I found out that I was going to more than two places just to find RC Cola for the vending machine. And I was like, I got to stop it. But, <laughs> it's just so um, inefficient. <laughs> but sometimes there is RC Cola in it. And um, besides that piece of Lee's family and just personal property, I mean, a lot of the other stuff in the brewery tap room comes from our our homes or has a history like there's a lot of photos in the brewery that are made out of or not the photos but the, the frames are made out of cypress and sassafras wood that Bo's grandfather made hmm. they were up at his hunting camp in Mississippi wow. and there's even some family photos mixed in with some other like local photos mm-hmm. um I've got a couple of old-timey bar games that were in my grandfather's bar. Um, he had, like, a in the basement of his home, he had the whole works. So we grew up playing bartender, and it's kind of sad to think back on it. <laughs> that's what we did as a kid. But it had the saloon doors and everything, so you could pop out of there and, you know, be drinking your 7-Up out of a tumbler and pretending to be sad because you saw that on TV somewhere, and that's how people are supposed to act. But, um... We've got some of those um, old bar games, which are very challenging if you want to come in and try to get the ring off the chain or uh, that kind of stuff. But it's neat to hear that including those sorts of games kind of creates this. It's kind of reclaiming the tap room for the whole family, almost, including those games or having pinball there or bringing some sort of memorabilia into that space and saying, like, bring your kids, hang out, play some games spend some time together that's really it's really neat to for me to hear that as a as hey i grew up on this like some of this stuff Mm -hmm. um and you trying to recreate that space is excellent fascinating so good well and personally whenever i moved here um and didn't know a single soul well one i tried to go to crystal bridges on a saturday night at like seven and they were closed and i was all dressed up (laughs) and when i say all dressed up i'm probably talking about what I'm wearing right now, which is just like a button-up short sleeve shirt. It's a suit. Just not a t-shirt and not sweats. <laughs> so anyway, so I was really sad about that. And I was like, there's some local breweries around here. And so I actually went, uh, I went to your brewery and just spent three hours there. I didn't plan on it. I just planned on getting a growler and going home. Um, but yeah, it was like such a welcoming space and just, um, yeah, just the vibrancy. There's there's nobody sitting sad with their beer in the <laughs> saloon. So, um, yeah, and that was my first weekend here. And so I was, it, it was originally really sad, but hey, it made up for it by coming to the brewery. So That is so awesome. good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. We, we tend to keep people longer than they plan to be here sometimes. <laughs> good for you guys. Good for you guys. <laughs> Conversation is just good. Absolutely. <laughs> So, uh, for our listeners, where can we find you guys? Um, Until we get our new space up and going, we're located at 1000 Southeast 5th Street in Bentonville. So, we're closer to downtown than you'd think, but we're off the square. Um, And right off J Street, too. It's an easy way to get there. And where should we go to keep up with the development of the new space or the new brews or... 
kind of community involvement. What uh, what can we where can we find that stuff? Facebook is our most used platform. We also have a website, um, but the latest news is going to be on Facebook. But you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. Get we have different content on all the platforms, but um, basically Facebook's going to be your overview of everything and have the most the most complete info. Perfect. Perfect. And also, we, right now we have a little over 80 outside accounts, so we can also be found there. If we're not in somebody's local favorite watering hole or restaurant, definitely uh, ask them about us. That's the best thing. People always ask, what can we do for your, the brewery? Because they like us and know what can we do to help. It's like, well, if you're out and about, because at the end of the day, we're really, we love the tap room. We love the community feel there and the events and things we get to do. But we are a wholesale beer company and mm-hmm. distribution is is key to our survival and growing that. And so <clears throat> that's why you, I think you saw also with the loving lo- locals, loving locals campaign that we do. We really like to support also our outside accounts because in the, the day we want them to be successful. And if they're success- mm-hmm. successful, we will be successful. And so that's one reason we really promote them. So where can we find your beer outside the tap room? Where are some places you can name drop for us? Ooh, Tuscan Trotter, Peddler's Pub. Oven and Tap, um, The Forge, the Onyx Coffee Lab in Bentonville has it. Um, like One Eye Jacks. It's got almost all our beers. Yeah, uh, One Eye Jacks, the Cigar Lounge, you can get anything that we can get them. We have They have on tap, <laughs> which is like almost as much as what's in our tap room now. Um, Buffalo Wild Wings in Fayetteville, Bentonville, and in Springdale. Um, Ramo Delivio, the wine bar downtown. You got into a wine bar? Yeah. How'd you do that? It's a beer That's the goza. The cherry goza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, uh, the owner liked when we first opened, really liked our amber beer. So he was opening that place about that point in time. So he wanted to have our amber in there. That's one uh, of our first accounts. Yeah, it is one of our first wow. accounts. We're still we're rotating in an oven and tap. I think they may start keeping us on full time there. We've got. Um, we're you know, always continuing to work on local accounts. We're also in Fred's Hickory Inn here in Bentonville. Mm-hmm. So we really want to be in as many Bentonville accounts as possible because we are, you know, consider ourselves a community brewery. Mm-hmm. So that's important to us. But we also go out to, you know, as far as Eureka, to Siloam, to Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on Dixon Street places. Yeah. Yeah. If um, For a more complete list, you can go to our website. We have a map and a list of all of our, all the places you can get our beer outside of the tap room. And if you're eating somewhere where you don't see Bentonville Brewing Company on the menu, request that they pull them in there. Maybe throw a fit. Demand yeah. it. Demand <laughs> it. Just do what I do and just order water. <laughs> Ouch. That is that is your sort of boycotting the whole system? No, I usually do it at like lunch when I really don't want a beer, but if I see that there's not any Bentonville Brewing Company on tap, I'll just say, hey, do you have any Bentonville Brewing They're like, no. I'll say, okay, I'll just have water. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's a great. I love it. Cool deal. Do you have anything else you want to ask? No. I I just want to say thank you for joining us. Um, Lee, Katie, Bo. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. It was good talking to you. Thanks for making cookies. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, Just for our listeners, I make incredible cookies. They're homemade. Anyway, had to put that out there. So. Alrighty. Thanks for coming on, guys. All right. Thanks. So I really like talking to those guys. Um, we we quite literally had them in my living room uh, for our listeners out there. So it was really cool just being able to hang out with them in my own home. You know, it was like having your friends around the 
the coffee table. Well, yeah, and then the fact that we they brought beer with them as like a gift to us, and we kind of in in return got to like say, "Here's some cookies." Like we're gonna <laughs> sit down and eat some chocolate chip cookies and drink beer. Excellent combination. Yeah, it's kind of a weird combo, uh, especially given they like gave us a light beer and we didn't exactly have a stout, which would go good with chocolate, but mm. uh, whatever. Um, but it's kind of funny because that's that kind of environment is quite literally what they want their brewery to be. You know, I mean, this is my living room and we're drinking in my living room, but they want the brewery to be an extension, mm-hmm. you know, of my living room. Rather than bringing your living room to the brewery, it was like they brought the brewery to your living room, which is a fun... And probably rarely happens. Yeah, no. <laughs> I can't really guarantee this for listeners. Um, they won't just visit you for whatever reason. I mean, maybe like a special occasion, like a birthday. And uh, offer to make them cookies. I think they really like the cookies. Yeah, I think that's, you know, they come, they come for the interview. They stay for the cookies. Absolutely. um, Yeah. Also, can we talk about like the 70% of people going into a store don't know what they want? I just resonate with that so hard. I feel like that's more of 100%. Yeah. I find myself more times than not walking into a liquor store and standing at staring at the case like... Uh, I've had that one. <laughs> I've not had this one. I'll try it this time. Well, yeah. I feel incompetent. I same here. I'm just reading labels, and I'm really, I'm really like fighting to be local. So I'm like, oh, like can't have any of this like other Miller crap. How dare you come in from Missouri? Yeah, I'm get, an Arkansas. This is boy. Arkansas. Don't show your face around here. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a sucker for good design. So that's what usually sells me on. Oh, for real? Yeah. Mm. No, like if. If I am looking for beer and it's like, oh, good design, (laughs) (laughs) you won me over. So, well, okay, (laughs) that's good for you, I guess. (laughs) Anyway, so um, listeners, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to our banter. Thanks for listening to the whole interview. Um, If you want to follow us again, you can follow us on our Facebook page, which is Hey Hey NWA Podcast. Um, Also on Instagram, we have. Hey, hey, NWA podcast with no spaces. Uh, lately, we've been getting we've been getting into some shenanigans, like going to the roller derby. Um, that was a super fun time. Became roller derby fans overnight, um, and just other general shenanigans that we do around here. Like to do local things. So, if you want to follow us, um, go check us out there. Yeah, and don't forget to check out the blog at heyheynwa.com forward slash blog. Uh, and if you want to financially support what we're doing here at the podcast, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash hey, hey, NWA. Cool. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Have a good night. Have a good day. Have a good week. Have a good time. Whatever you're doing, enjoy it. Bye. <laughs>